Alright, on the flies back again, and we're doing another top 10 list. And this is probably, you know, on, on the final score, we've done top 10 list with Lynn. Uh, we actually did on, on here, we did the top 15 Aerosmith songs, which was, I know it was hard for Lynn, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really that hard for me. I, I, could, I could deal with that. But tonight, I'm doing a top 10 Kiss songs of all time. Like, Anybody that knows me knows I am a big-time Kiss fan, have been since I was five years old, probably about the same time I became a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. But this list is just as tough as putting the top ten Steelers for me. I mean, I maybe a little tougher for me. But with me again tonight, and he was with me, he's a Steelers fan. We got a lot in common when it comes. We got pretty good taste, I think. Um... He was with me with the top ten Steelers, and he's with me again tonight doing the top ten Kiss songs of all time. And with me tonight is Mr. John Pritchard. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you, Stevie. I'm looking forward to chopping it up. I got my grease paint on over here. I got cold <laughs> gin. Well, and, I got, uh, I'm ready to go. I've got a uh, fan of the park playing on on the TV with uh, with fake Ace, the stunt double uh, up here, but. Uh, Anyway, first of all, let's talk a little bit about Kiss. You know, you know, some of the, some people don't really get into Kiss. I was hooked from day one. Actually, I have one of my older cousins to thank for that. Uh, he kind of brainwashed me when he he set me down. Me and his little brother down. We were the same age. and set us down and pulls out the album Destroyer. And you're just looking at the cover, and you're like, you know, I'm a five year old kid, and I'm like. Holy crap! And then you hear this this noise coming from there, and I'm like, "Oh man, this is pretty good." And then kind of got scared of God of Thunder at the time, you know, being five years old and all. But man, what a! I mean, I've been with them ever since. I mean, I had the had the lunch boxes, had the costumes, had the uh, uh, the makeup. I had, gosh, had the plastic guitar, the white guitar, which I'll tell you a little story. Uh, actually playing a live too, and you actually you, back then when you were a kid, you did the little concerts and everything. I thought it was going to be funny if I took a smoke bomb and did like Ace Freely, light smoke bomb, and had the uh, guitar smoking. But yeah, heat and plastic do not mix. That became a white blob. But uh, yeah, so I've been a fan since oh probably about '78 when they really were it. You know, in that height of their popularity, with doing a little bit of everything then, but I and I've been with them ever since. What about you? Uh, I came to Kiss a little later. I um, I, well, I came to music later. My, the first man I was ever really into was Aerosmith, um, and that was in, of course, their their second run. Right. And um, and I went from, you know, really being into them. Um, and then started, like, I remember going to a Boy Scout camp out and somebody was playing the, uh, Back in Black record. And I was like, who is this? And I, you know, <laughs> I was just kind of mesmerized by ACDC. And then, um, I, you know, I started buying, like, the rock magazines. Yeah. I, I think oh, I've yeah. heard you talk about those before, you know, like, Circus. You know, I bought Metal Edge, Circus, Hit Parader. I, you know, Hit Parader. Hit Parader was like my Newsweek. Um, I would, you know, Rip Magazine. I mean, that was like, you know, oh, that was yeah. like the Economist. Yeah, Rip, Rip was like a real journalism. Yeah. It was like real journalism. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, it didn't matter who, I was even buying, like, guitar magazines. I don't even play guitar, you know, I'm not a musician. <laughs> and I would buy them if there was somebody on the cover I cared about. And, you know, it it didn't matter whether it was Sebastian Bach or whether it was Dombag from Pantera. Right. You know, when when these people were asked who your influences are, you know, you can you can guess who the highlights were. But oh, yeah. Kiss, you know, Aerosmith, Zeppelin, those, you know, those probably the three most commonly uh, talked about. So I was the type of kid who was like, well, if people, all these people who are in music today are into Kiss, I should get into Kiss. I should try them out. And um, so I got my first Kiss record, and that'll kind of lead me into when I when I go on to my number 10. But uh, I got really into Kiss, and, you know, through high school, I think, and into college, my three favorite bands were Aerosmith, Kiss, and ACDC in that order. Okay. And, you know, and then I started expanding and listening to other things, and I'm not as big a Kiss fan as I used to be, but just working on this for your, for your show uh, has kind of made me have a, a new appreciation again. For Kiss, so uh, that's been fun. Yeah, no. If for those of you who don't know, John gave me and Lynn a really hard time about our Aerosmith list, especially me. He called me, uh, didn't know I, I liked so many prom songs, but uh, I can guarantee you, there's not one prom song on my top ten Kiss list. And that you know, of course, they have the classic Forever, which from Hot the Shade that that was high on the charts back then, but that is not on my list. That did not make my list. <laughs> And uh, that's, every, such a poop, that's such a poopy song. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. The, the one thing I love about Forever, and one of my—I'll tell you—my favorite Kiss member of all time is Ace Frehley. But second favorite and close second is Eric Carr, and his drums—the the way he played the drums on Forever was was pretty great. But leading, well, now I'm yeah, leading to my top ten. Uh, we'll get it. We'll go ahead and get it started. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll let you go and do your number ten first. All right. Well, just to finish kind of where I left off. Um, so I got my first Kiss record at the store, and I think I just picked the one that the album cover I liked the best, and which makes me wonder whether they were sold out of Destroyer or not. <laughs> but the one I bought was uh, Rock and Roll Over. Oh yeah. And so I took it home and I put on. And my number ten is I Want You which is probably the first Kiss song I remember hearing, which, of course, calls it the first track off Rock and Roll Over. Yeah. And uh, it's a Paul song, and it's got those classic dynamics that, we, we, you know, when you hear, you know, it's a very very common thing to have the, the soft part, and then it goes real loud in the big part, and it comes back soft, and that's what I, what I Want You does. It starts set a, that acoustic stuff. Um, it starts with acoustic and then goes into the big rock sound and then comes back. Um, and so it's kind of a sentimental choice for me because, like I said, it was number one. When I started making the list, it was actually the very first song I wrote down. Um, there's probably songs I like better than I Want You. Yeah, but... Um, but, but it's sentimental to me. Yeah. And it's got that, you know, Ace Frehley has that classic, um, you know, kind of signature trill to his guitar, you know, you know, and as I understand the trill, you know, it's like uh, it's a way to play more than one note on the same string, right. like kind of like hammer-ons and and, and 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 finger lifts, I believe. And it's you know because I want you, and then the background I want you, yeah. And then it's a da 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 da. You know, he makes that sound with the guitar, uh, which he does a lot in all his songs. And this is it's not the first song that he does, but it's really like a signature for him, and it's really good. And it makes the guitar sound like a voice and. 
it reminds you why the guitar is the best instrument that's ever been invented, the most evocative instrument that's ever been in, in, uh, invented. And um, so anyway, that's my number, my number 10. I want you. But you know, and, and the more I listen to that, because that's one of Ace's best guitar solos. Through You talk about him hitting, hitting those two notes at one time. That's one of his best guitar solos, and and I didn't realize over the years till I really got to listen to it. It, it is a great guitar solo in that in that song, and that, that makes it that much better. Um, my number ten, I've actually got a tight number ten. I'm I'm kind of wussing out, uh, but it's. I'm going to cheat later too, so it's okay. Okay, so the, the Destroyer, of course, was the first album. I was that's how I was introduced to Kiss, and one of the songs on there that. You know, and and I loved watching it when they performed it on Phantom of the Park, which is a cult favorite. You gotta love Phantom of the Park. Um, <laughs> Shout it out loud, and 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 the live version that they did at the reunion tour uh, that was on Greatest Kiss is is great. Uh, I mean, any of the uh, live versions of it are great, and a lot of the live versions I like better than the studio versions. But uh, Shout It Out Loud is one at number ten, and then just because. Eric Carr, off Creatures of the Night, I Love It Loud. I mean, to come back from the elder, and, you know, I'm not one of those elder haters like some people are. I I know it's not Kiss, not what you had with Kiss back then. It probably wasn't the right time for it. But to come back from the elder and to come back and just hit it like you had before with with. I love it loud, and then going to another level with the drums, uh, man. The way Eric Carr hit those drums, it was just great. I love it loud, and and I was introduced to Creatures a little bit later than everybody else. But man, when I heard it for the first time, I remember getting the cassette for Christmas, and I heard I love it loud for the first time. I was just like, wow. But uh, so my ten is shout it out loud, and I love it loud uh, for different. And those are something I will talk about probably later on, but um, they're both anthems. Oh, yeah, you know, and, and that was feel, something that you know. was always on Kiss albums, especially especially after they, you know, scored with Rock and Roll All Night. You always seemed like you found an anthem on, on one of the albums. Yeah, at least one. Yeah, at least and, one. And, you know, some of them work and some of them don't, don't but, uh, yeah, I, I Love You Loud. I mean, I Love It Loud, I'm sorry, is... Uh, you know that, that, that that's one that kind of made it, it's not on my top ten, but it made it made my shorter list. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, those are good tunes. Number nine. I'm gonna go ahead and do number nine, and I I couldn't leave this off, but it, it probably would have been higher because this is a song that made Kiss, but it's just been played so daggum much, and every time they make an appearance somewhere, they're performing this and. It's just overplayed the, and of course, rock and roll all night. Uh, of course, the live version is what really made made Kiss's career. They they just took off after that. Um, I I almost left it off the list, but then I said, you know, you can't really leave rock and roll all night off the off the top ten list because it it made them. Uh, a lot of people probably have it number one, but I've just heard it so much that it's you know it's just kind of lost its luster a little bit uh the my favorite version of that was the brooklyn bridge version that was performed at the mtv 
uh, video music awards in 96 during the reunion tour, but man, uh, what can you say about rock and roll all night? You hear it on the radio all the time, but really that was what launched Kiss's career uh, off alive, and just, I couldn't leave it off the list. I had to put it back on. So what's your number nine? My number nine is God of Thunder, um, which is, uh, you know, also Off Destroyer. It's the ultimate Gene song. Um, I think it's the one that he usually, that's usually the one where he regurgitates blood and flies up the rafters, right? I mean, uh, when you see him live. Um, um, Oh, you know, like I said, I wanted I Want You on the list, and I kind of just wrote it in at 10 first. Listen to God of Thunder again in preparation for this, and I'll first listen to the version of Alive 2, which is, in my opinion, not nearly as good as the original Alive. Um, and then I'll listen to the Destroyer version. I think I actually prefer the Destroyer version more, which is kind of unusual to prefer the, the album version. But I like, um, I think they're Bob Ezrin's kids on there. And, yeah, that was so You know, starting out. <laughs> Freaky. Um, and I like the legend of the story. I know that. You know, Gene Simmons likes to, you know, tell that, you know, that Paul Stanley, you know, Paul Stanley actually wrote God of Thunder. Yeah. And uh, and that Gene likes to say, well, you know, Paul was like, oh, it's easy to write a Gene song. You just make it dark and growly and big and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, and then Paul Stanley's asked about it. And he said, well, do you want the truth or do you want the legend? And according to Paul, that's what Gene's version is. Well, it's a better story. The truth is that. Paul wrote it for himself, but it just, they decided that it sounded better with Gene, but, and obviously it is, I mean, it is the iconic Gene Simmons song. Yeah. Um, I feel like if we did this again in a week, God of Thunder might not be on my top ten, but, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna keep it on there today. Have you ever heard the demo, the Paul Stanley demo, the original? I have not. Oh my gosh, you need to look that up, and you will see why, you will understand why, they went with Gene's version because Paul's version is it. Uh, and I remember it's saying, impossible to imagine and that, him it, doing it. Yeah, it, it's 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 just I don't know. Some of the words are changed, which you know I can understand that with to fit Paul's character. Uh, but God of Thunder with Paul singing it doesn't make much sense. But you you need to you need to I don't know if it, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere but yeah listen to that and you'll see why jeans I can't imagine that ending up on on an album uh, instead of jeans it's just it's it's kind of painful to listen to it with some of the some of the lyrics but it's it's typical Paul song God of Thunder is a Paul song I'll put it that way um, right right yes yeah, it's, it's not good all right well you got a number eight. Well, number eight is my cheat. Um, number eight is "Hide Your Heart." Um, wow! Which I think, which I think comes off of "Hot in the Shade." Hot in the Shade, but it's not. But you know, it's top ten kiss song, and it is a kiss song. And Paul Stanley's one third of the people who wrote it. But I actually prefer the Ace Frehley version of "Trouble Walking." Right. Um, his uh, his solo record, I think. I mean, there's no way that Ace has a better voice than Paul, but I think Ace's voice works for Hide Your Heart a little better. Um, ironically, I think I probably like Bruce Kulick's um, guitar solo a yeah. little more than Ace's version, um, but I actually like the song better. 
Um, of course, the song was written by Paul Stanley, Desmond Child, who, you know, you and Lynn talked a lot about on the Air yeah. Smith, uh podcast. And, you know, Desmond Child is one of the ultimate songwriter, song doctor, you know, uh, you know song, song doctor. Yeah, and, you've, you know, been, you've been listening yeah. to some of his interviews. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, Desmond Child is um, the ultimate that. And then the, the other person who had a hand in writing it was Holly Nye. Holly Nye. Who, uh, one, one time, girlfriend of Paul Stanley, but also maybe not as great as Desmond Child, but another very prolific uh, songwriter. I think she wrote simply the best, among other songs, for Tina Turner. Right. And I suspect you can live pretty comfortably off the royalties. To yeah, I would the think so. At this point. Um, and it's Hide Your Heart is a song... It's not a typical Kiss song. It kind of sounds like Song Doctor's Help. It, 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 it you know, Kiss is a little rawer. I mean, you know, I mean, not, not, not trying to offend you, but they're not quite as talented as other musicians. Oh, no, they never tried to heart, be. Yeah. Yeah. The Hide Your Heart sounds like professionals had a hand in it. Um, and, you know, I know Bonnie Tyler covered it. She couldn't have a hit with it. Molly Hatchett covered it. They couldn't have a hit with it. Um, but, uh, I feel like if, you know, probably, you know, rock snobs would be uh, annoyed by this, but I feel like if Springsteen had come out with it after, like, Glory Days, uh, or even maybe Bon Jovi had done it, it might have been a huge song. It's a really good song. Um, and on the Ace version, just to, to wrap it up, uh, Peter Chris plays percussion. He doesn't right. play drums. I think he just, I just think he plays a little, I don't know what it is. I think it's just like a wooden block that probably, you kind of hear yeah, sometimes. Yeah, he just played the block but for it. There's as many original KISS members on Ace's version as there is on the KISS version. <laughs> so I think it counts. And so Hide Your Heart's my number eight. Now you're going you're gonna to take a line here, but I actually have Hide Your Heart as my number eight. No uh, way. I swear, I swear. Hide Your Heart has been one of my, since I saw the video the first time on uh, Headbangers Ball back in, in 89, uh, that was one of my favorite songs. And look, when I went to see it, the last time I went to see them play, and they played it live in concert uh, when they had Def Leppard uh, with them. And it was it was pretty great. Uh, but yeah, I Hide Your Heart, uh, like you said. And it was just weird because Hot in the Shade came out. And, and I think Hot in the Shade and Trouble Walking came out within months of each other. And both of them had yep. that song on there. And it was kind of, you know, you don't see that a lot, especially with, you know, a former member of a band that, I don't I don't know all the details, but there was there was a story about why that happened. I can't for the life of me remember how that happened. If Ace was, was just trying to point, pull something with them and see if he could uh, do it better. Uh, but yeah, Hide Your Heart, the video was great. You know, of course it dealt with, gang violence and uh, I guess when uh, but man Bruce Kulick's guitar solo I'm like you I love Bruce Kulick and tell me this get a little bit off off of the this for a while Bruce Kulick is he not one of the most underrated members of KISS he was in the band he was a lead guitarist for the band longer than anybody else longer than Ace longer than uh, Thayer I believe he's still longer than Thayer. But this guy doesn't whine about anything. You don't hear him saying it bashing anybody. 
He's had plenty of reason to bash people after they did the reunion tour and kind of pushed him to the side. But this guy doesn't bash anybody. And I don't know if you've been watching since this whole uh, coronavirus with people being quarantined, but he's doing the isolated riffs. He do a video like maybe once or twice a week of isolated riffs and and playing the guitar solos from from different uh, songs. And man, what a great guy! Bruce Kulick is really. And I'm, I'll, I'll tell you this: I said Carr and Ace were my top two. Bruce Kulick has moved up to my number three. Uh, Paul and Paul and Gene are or have felt fallen not out of the top five yet, but they're close. But yeah. <laughs> Bruce is Bruce is just a great guy, uh, and and just the ultimate member of Kiss because he he's he's proud of what he did there. He doesn't bash anybody, and and I don't I think he's about the only one. Maybe Eric Singer. I have I don't think I've ever heard of Eric Singer ever bash anybody or Eric Carr. But man, they, what a great guy, and 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 definitely uh, on this on this song, Hide Your Heart, one of the best guitar solos he's done. I would have, uh, I'm a, a spoiler. There's no, nothing off Carnival of Souls on my list. Oh, but yeah. I like that record. And, uh, you do like it? And, uh, I do like that I record. I do like and I do I, too. I, I do too. I mean, the, the one of the, and one, and we'll go ahead and say this because I, I don't have any Carnival of Souls on mine, but I was definitely surprised, pleasantly surprised when he did I Walk Alone. That was the only song you ever yeah. heard Bruce, Bruce Kulick sing on. But, uh, yeah. Just a great, great I, I did like Carnival Souls. I'm one of, we're one of the few that did like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like The Elder, but I, I, but I do like Carnival Souls. Now, The Elder, I guess the reason I really like The Elder is because, it, and back then, uh, like The Elder was released in November of 81, I think I got for Easter, that following year in 82, that was my Easter present. And I took, you know, and my parents would take pictures of me if I got one of these albums. Uh, like I would get them for Christmas. Right. I, they take pictures of me. Well, this is how I support it. You know, some of these other parents out there going, now kiss their knights in Satan's service. Now, my parents would buy me the stuff. They would buy me uh, Ace Freely costume and, and, and uh, the albums every time they came out. So, uh, but that's one of the reasons why I, I don't mind the elder. I do realize it was different, but. Some of the songs on there, like, I mean, I, I do like A World Without Heroes, and I like I, uh, I couldn't get into Mr. Blackwell. That was, and I, but I kept waiting. I remember when I got the album, it said Music from the Elder. It was like it was a soundtrack, and I kept waiting and waiting for the movie to come out, which it never did, of course. But uh, let's go to number seven. Now, my number seven is uh, going to go back a little ways. And this might surprise you a little bit, but I talked about how much I like the live versions of songs, and this was a one of the staples for the reunion tour, uh, for the Psycho Circus tour, and just love the the guitar solo. And a lot of what I like about these songs are the guitar solos. Uh, I like the back and forth uh, on this song during, on the live version. I'm talking about from Hot in Hell, "Let Me Go Rock and Roll." Um, you know, I just like the whole a live version, uh, the the reunion tour version are great. And Hotter Than Hell, the only thing about Hotter Than Hell, and I think people have complained so much over the years about 
what is wrong with the sound on Hotter Than Hell? And there was something they had messed up when they did the mixing, but I think it kind of gives it that, okay, that's Hotter Than Hell. It's that trait that you always know with Hotter Than Hell, you're going to get that sound. People were like, can't they fix the sound on that? Which they say they can't, and I, I, I believe they can't. But that's just kind of what gives it its, its identity, is that sound with Hotter Than Hell. But let me go rock and roll with live with Ace playing the guitar solo. Great. I love it. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. And that actually moved up. Because I didn't give, I really didn't give Hotter Than Hell a lot of chance in the early years. I had the album and listened to it, but I really didn't give it a, a, a chance back then. The older I got, the more I listened to it and I started enjoying it, especially when the reunion tour started and I heard him play it live. But Let Me Go Rock and Roll is my number seven. Right. I agree with you that the live version is really good. Uh, I, I do like the live version of yeah. that song. My number seven, we can go through pretty quickly. Um, I wasn't sure it was going to make my list either, but... I, you know, I listened to it, and I was like, man, this is just a really good song. It's rock and roll all night. Um, yeah. It's probably the the singular answer to why did Kiss need to exist. It was to, to record that song. Um, I feel like it's probably the one Kiss song that will outlive them and be still, <laughs> you know, being played 50 years from now, um, probably in, you know, kids' movies or something. But uh, it's just a really well-made song. It's good. I, I kind of like... Um, Kind of like the reunion, MTV Unplugged reunion, I think, where yeah. everyone kind of took a took a verse. Yeah, it's not just Gene all the time. Um, I kind of like that where they kind of they they share it uh, more than the the studio version or some of the other versions. But you know, it's got to be on here. Yeah, it's it's definitely got to be on there because I like I said, just because it's been overplayed so much, I almost I was like, but then I thought about it, man, you cannot leave this off the list. Uh, going back to the talking about the unplugged, uh, back then you it was kind of the early days of the internet. You didn't hear all this stuff, but I remember hearing about that. They they were going to do the unplugged on MTV, and uh, of course, got home. I, I I think it was around Halloween. It may have been Halloween when they played it, but uh, got home and watched it, and I was like, man, that was so that was great to see them back together again be nice to see them get back together again. And then, you just, of course, like, you didn't hear everything on the Internet. Then the Grammy Awards, you see them come out in full makeup again. And I'm like, because I remember sitting there on the phone with somebody, and I think I dropped the phone when I when I saw them come <laughs> out. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute here. And then, of course, the rest is history. They would go on the reunion tour, which was so successful. But, uh, yeah, rest is history. History. Didn't they come out with Tupac? Yeah, Tupac introduced them. Yeah. Tupac. Yeah, Tupac introduced them. Yeah, it was... That it was, was, uh, they that gave was surreal. A, they gave Hootie and the Blowfish an award, I think it was, that year. Uh, they, they, everyone could smell the money. Oh, yeah. you know, And you know, I mean, they can say what they want. I One of my favorite documentaries is uh, The Second Coming. But Gene, well, I guess all of them are so full of crap when they're talking about it. They're, they're not... They're, they're here for... They're getting along again, and and great. And granted, there is magic when they all get on stage, but you know, come on, it's not about the money. We're here for the fans. Yeah, it was about the money. There's no doubt about that. Uh, <laughs> right. oh, absolutely. Yeah, Gene is always about the money. You know that. 
Number six. Absolutely. Who you got at number six? Firehouse. Firehouse. Um, wow. Yeah. I love Firehouse. It's um I think it's much better when you hear it live, any of the live versions where it has that huge siren. Yeah. Um, it just kind of explodes. I mean, like a lot of Kiss, some of these Kiss songs are hard to deconstruct. Let me get to my next one. Um, but, but, but Firehouse is just, you know, it's, I, I think it's a pretty basic metaphor. You know, the girl's so good. She drives you mad or, you know, she's so hot. She drives you crazy with neat <laughs> hose dolls. I mean, it's not a, it's not a deep song. But it's got that killer chorus and um and just the the bombast when the when the when the siren hits when you hear it. Um it's the the solo's kinda of got a squeal to it. It's it's pretty simple but it, it just fits the song perfectly and um that had to make it on there for me. <laughs> Definitely. Firehouse, you know, that that was another staple of the uh other reunion tour. Any of the pretty much any of the tours, uh I don't think there's been I don't think there's been many where they didn't play Firehouse and have that in the set, just for so so uh, Gene could blow for. And you know that's who, that's when Gene blows the fires on Firehouse. So uh, right, yeah. So you you got to have that in there. Um, my number six, uh, going back to Destroyer, the lead song from the album. I remember hearing it for the first time and hearing the uh, guy getting in the car and uh, going listening to rock and roll all night on the radio and then the you just hear that guitar start playing and and man it was just awesome uh detroit rock city is number six for me i I can remember hearing the story and i don't know it was a story about a kid coming back from a concert had a kiss concert wrecked his car and uh that's where they got detroit rock city from i think that's the legend that they tell. I want to say I want to say the kid would live in North Carolina. I would. I want to say it was like Chapel Hill. It, 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 the yeah, Chapel Hill, I, I want to say that, but I, I'm glad you said it. I'm not I, sure. I remember but I hearing that. Um, but yeah, and then I'll tell you another one of my. And this is uh, really one of the few off that that album, which I didn't mind the the symphony orchestra the, the live for, but when Detroit Rock City played with that that full symphony when that hit uh, the first time i said i got goosebumps and i was like wow that's pretty pretty awesome there but yeah detroit rock city is number six for me so go to number you know why they only said do you know why they only said detroit rock city one time in the song why you know you get you got to lose your mind in detroit rock city. yeah uh, do you know why they i don't know i, mean, I don't you, know because right? i don't hey, i've never really noticed it yeah, it's only that one time early. It seems like it should be on there a lot, but it's only no, in there I've that one never, time. I've never realized they only say it one time. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, that's something to think about. There, we'll have to we'll have to get that out there. I'll have to get that out there on Facebook to some of these Kiss groups. Um, my number five, yes, and sir. for you know, I keep talking about the live versions, but I really fell in love with this song during the reunion tour. Hearing, uh, hearing it there, and pretty much the intro, like like you talked about, I want you with the acoustic, and then going to the hard, and going back. But this one uh, starts off with an acoustic intro between Ace and Paul, and then gets really hard. Uh, it stays that way the whole time. But rock bottom, and mainly with yeah. me, 
I love the intro. Uh, I, I've always have loved that intro, but uh, that's the main part of it. But seeing it on the, the reunion tour with with Paul and, and Ace playing together, man, that really did it for me. And But great guitar playing in that. Uh, some power song. I think most of these songs I'm doing are power songs. But just loved it. I guess I... I guess all of these songs, the live versions, when I hear the live versions, it just it makes me fall in love with it all over again. But uh, Rock Bottom is not my number five. Yeah, Rock Bottom. I, I, I thought when you started talking about them trading off Paul and Ace, I was like, I bet he's going to say Rock Bottom uh, on the acoustic part. It, it made my top 15. That's, that's, that's a really great song. Okay. Uh, my number five... My number five was um, also off Rock and Roll Over, and it's a song that I don't think is well-loved by Kiss people, but I think it's fabulous, and I have a hard time explaining why, but it's Baby Driver. Uh, um, Peter song. One of the one of the two Peter songs on the record. The other one is the far more famous Hard Luck Woman, yeah. uh, which sounds like a Rod Stewart song, famously. Oh, yeah. Um, it sounds like Maggie May, and maybe it, maybe it was a ripoff of Maggie May. But Baby Driver, I, 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 you know, again, I told you some of these kiss songs are hard to deconstruct. I like, you know, sometimes you know there's double entendres, like you know, calling Doctor Love. I think we know kind of what that song's yeah. about. Yeah, I really think Baby Driver is about a girl that drives a car. I, I don't think there's. Uh, you like, don't think like, there's another... anything more than that. And there's one part where, you know, Peter says something like, she'll let you in, she'll let you in, and maybe, but I think it means she'll let you in the car. I, <laughs> I think it's just a, a single, you know, it's just about a woman driving a car. It's a Peter song that he actually wrote for his pre-kiss band, Lips. Um, and so it's not, I mean, it doesn't make it a cover, but, you know, it, 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 it pre-exists the, the Kiss the Band. Um, but I think it just rocks every time I listen. I don't get tired of that song. I just think it rocks. And uh, it may be dumb, but I like it. Oh, no, there's nothing right. Look, that, we could deconstruct. I, I could go through each album. And, and, I mean, like I said, when, when I started doing the research for this, and I picked my favorite songs from every album. And, look, there was so many that could be on this list. Uh you know, of course, there's there's a few, and we'll talk about that this when we finish. Uh, that would never make the, my top ten list, and there's there's two I'm thinking about uh, for sure, and, and and we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. Um, you talk about hard luck woman sound like a ride short song. You know that when that was wrote, that I think Paul wrote it, and it was intended for Rod Stewart. But, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it was intended for Rod Stewart actually, and they said, "Well, why, why would we be giving it to Rod Stewart when, you know?" And Paul sang it, but it didn't sound, uh, it didn't sound like they wanted. So Peter took it, and yeah, I guess he sounded more like Rod Stewart than than Paul Stanley did. But uh, hard luck, and I got to ask you this, and I don't know if you've heard this over the years. I don't ever remember hearing about a hard luck woman playing played live in concert, but yet it turns up on a live too. You think that's one of those uh, recordings that the uh, audience sound was filtered in? <laughs> I don't know for a fact, but I think there, there's there's nothing more kiss than the fact that 
everyone agrees that Kiss is a better live band than they are on oh definitely on on the album, and yet the live albums aren't actually live. <laughs> yeah, there's been so the live much music we're like over the years. Um, as I don't know what the truth is, but it seems pretty well accepted that at best they played sound checks and yeah. you know then sweetened them. Like like you wanted the best that when they came out with that album, right when the reunion tour was starting, uh, they put up there uh, two or two or three new live songs. Uh, there was one of them called "Room Service" was live, and I'm sorry. But Paul's voice did not sound like that back in the 70s. That was Paul yeah. Stanley from the 90s. Uh, and I'm sorry. This is Okay, where are we at? Number, we're at number four now. My number four, <clears throat> and my favorite member, of course, Ace Freely. He is what he is. He's, a, he's funny. Uh, just always loved the makeup uh, and the guitar playing. I, I that's, wish I could play guitar. I need to get sit down one day and try to learn how to play guitar. But uh, I always looked up to Ace. And number four for me is from Love Gun. And it's his debut as a lead vocalist. It shocked me. Uh, of course, the song that was wrote based on him getting electrocuted, coming down the stairs at uh, Lakeland, Florida at a concert. I think it was on the Rock and Roll Over Tour. Uh, knocked, him that, knocked him out for, for a few minutes, but he got... Got back up, got straight after a few minutes, and and went on to play. It, it, he always says he went on to play even though he couldn't feel his fingers. But um, shocked me it, when you heard Ace for the first time. Finally, get up there and sing. It just became so iconic. And then, of course, when you see it live, that was always the one where he would smoking. He would do this guitar solo with a smoking guitar, and later on go on to shoot shoot out of a Shoot out of one guitar and, and and hit the other, hit the lights and all this stuff, and uh, just put on a great show. Right, but right. shock me was number four for me. What is, what's your number four? My number four is shock me. Um, <laughs> shock so it me. happened again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, and you said a lot that uh, you know I I don't need to say. I, you know, um, it's been said at the risk of being cliche that Ace doesn't. You know, Ace, Ace isn't someone who jams necessarily. Right. You know, I, I mean, I absolutely love Jimmy Page. And to me, it is absolutely amazing that Jimmy Page walked in the studio, basically saw the red light come on, and was like, okay, it's time to do the solo for Stairway to Heaven. And that's what he came up with on basically the first take. I think maybe there's three takes. But he basically came up with the solo for Stairway to Heaven when he walked in the studio Ace doesn't do that. Ace, Ace, Ace writes his solos out. So I think a lot of his solos are memorable because they're written. They're not, you know, come off extemporaneously. He's, he's writing little songs, small songs, maybe 20 second songs, but those are what his solos are. Um, and like you said, his metaphor of, you know, being dedicated to electricity. Yeah, I mean, he sticks to it on every line. Shot me is something about electricity. He's got that single-minded purpose, and uh, you know, like I said, it's based on a real experience. But um, I, you know, I love that tune. I love the version on the live too. I think as yeah, the live too. Um, that would be my preferred version of that. But uh, yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, 
Ace is just uh, one of my favorite things about Ace was, of course, this the famous, or if you ask Gina Powell, infamous appearance on the Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder on Halloween yeah. in 1979. Man, oh gosh, that is that is one of my favorite things about Ace. Uh, of course, you, you know just. We all know what he did later on. Freelance Comet, he he goes on to have a, a solo career and has his own band, Freelance Comet, which uh, I enjoyed the first two albums of Freelance Comet. Then he then he did Trouble Walking. I don't think it was known as Freelance Comet then, but uh, no. Trouble Walking was a, was a great album too. I thought he was doing really good on his own like that. So uh, I, I've always enjoyed Ace's music. Ace's voice is, is very distinguishable. Uh, not the best voice in the world, but man, it fits. The solo album from '78. Uh, that's the, in my opinion, the the best solo album of the four. But uh, shock me, yeah, shock me at number four. Uh, who's your number three? Uh, my number three is my Rob Woodson song. Um, you know, when we did the Steeler podcast, I think I told you. I don't remember exactly, but I think I told you I, I started out with Rod at like number nine, and I think I moved him up to number four by the time I was done. <laughs> and um, so my number three is watching you. Oh yeah. Um, and um, I just, I, you know, it was on my short list. I just kept moving it up, and I almost moved it to number two. And I, you know, if I was like, I "Can't watching you," it can't be the number two. But it, I mean, that is a killer riff. Yeah, it is. You know, the studio version is rough. Is I mean, that's rough and raw and, you know, pre-punk, and uh, it's it's rough. But the live version is absolutely a killer song. Um, it's, uh, you know, one of those where they can kind of do the choreographed guitar moves yep. um, to, to, to the riff. And, you know, I, I, the, the kind of clever lyric twist, you know, Gene singing about watching the girl. Um, and then at the very end, it's like everyone else is here watching us, um, which I took to mean that everyone was there watching the band, but he was still watching the girl in the crowd now. Yeah. It later occurred to me, maybe he meant watching <laughs> us was people were watching me and the girl do something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure which it is, so maybe best not to think about it too much, but God Almighty, that riff is so good. That's yeah. just so, so good. Yeah. Uh, my number three is... I think, anyway, I keep going back to, to hearing it live, and, and just like you said earlier, Kiss is such a better live band than, than in the studio, uh, but I think this song really, really became one of my favorites during the reunion tour, and I keep going back to that, but it was a lead, it was always a lead-off song in the reunion tour. You heard Paul Stanley start playing the, the opening, opening chords of it. Uh, Deuce was my number three. There's so much that goes on in that song. And, uh, and of course, when they got back together again, that was the first time you heard them play in, what, 17 years together. And, and to see it the, for the first time, I think uh, the Weenie Roast in, in California where they did, like, the warm-up show out there. And I got I, I remember going on the Internet and having trading VHS tapes with, with people and, and actually getting... When I got that, before, this was before, uh, I think it was actually before they did the, the Detroit show. I got a copy of it and watched it, and I was like, holy crap, they are back. I mean, this is like what I always wanted to see again. But 
to hear Deuce the first chords of that line come out of that song come out and then the 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 I can't even talk right. The curtain drop, the curtain drop, and you see all that going on up there. And of course, the choreograph doing the guitar solo between Gene Paul and Ace. Uh, man, yeah. Deuce is just a classic Kiss song from the first album. But Deuce is my number three. Yeah, Deuce is. Uh, yeah, it, like watching you. It's another one, but it's probably the more iconic one where they can do the choreograph guitar playing. Oh yeah, um, but it's always it always slays. I mean, I don't think I don't, I'd I'd be surprised if they've ever played that poorly. I don't think they have. Number two, now number two for me is another Destroyer song, and like I said, I'm going back to it again. I fell in love with it even more during the reunion tour because they did a kind of a different different version of it. They added something at the end. Uh, it was, "Do you love me?" Uh, at the end during the reunion oh, okay. tour, they and I guess I just and they may have done it during other tours, but I noticed it more then. They play like a Ace and and Paul play a uh, little guitar trade off, not really a trade off, but they play together uh, like a, a different outro to it. And uh, man, I, the first time I heard it, I had the uh, copy of the Madison Square Garden show in 96 i think it was the third night the first time i heard the outro of it i was like oh man this is awesome you know and you see you hear me say that a lot about these kiss songs but uh sounded a lot different live than it did on the destroyer album but man what a great song it was do you love me is my number two all right i guess i'm on to my number two um Number two for me is a song that I think is, if we say rock and roll all night, is the best rock anthem. Um, this is the second best one. Uh-oh. Um, and, and, and it's a song for me that if I had been in Kiss's management team back in the early eighties and I, you know, was having a conversation with my assistant or whatever and I said, can you believe these idiots are going to take off the makeup and the costumes? <laughs> this is never going to work. Um, but then I feel like if I had heard Lick It Up, mm-hmm. I would have been like, you know, maybe this is going to be okay. Um, <laughs> Lick It Up to me is number two. It's the best. To me, it's really the it's the best rocking. It's the, you know, sometimes they got to, like, I love it loud, like we talked about earlier. You know, that's a good one. Crazy Nights is an okay one. Psycho Circus is kind of bad. <laughs> but yeah. Lick It Up to me is is really a, um, you know, it was it's an 80s song. Uh, it was for the, the band with the makeup off. Uh, Rock and Roll All Night and Party Every Day. That might have been how how Ace lives and how Peter lives. But, you know, Gene's a teetotaler, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Paul, I think, you know, maybe has the occasional glass of wine, but they weren't really rock and roll all night, party every day guys, but they were, it ain't a crime to be good to yourself guys. They were live like your own vacation guys. Um, and so to me, look it up is, is really the kiss, the kiss rock anthem. And, uh, that song always makes me smile. Um, I sometimes feel like it could be played a little faster than it is. 
Yeah. But that's a minor quibble. I think it's a really good two. That's my number two. Number two is Lick It Up. Oh, wow. Um, so who? I'm going to let you take number one first. All right. Um, I think number we might, one, we might be the same on this one. No, 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 we're not. Um, I think I maybe have an idea who your number one is. I'll tell you if I'm right afterward. Um, but my number one was your number three. Um, okay. Deuce is, my, in my opinion, the best kiss song ever. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, the studio version fades a little bit early. It fades while, you know, they're playing the solo. Um, it's better live. You know, we've repeated that a few times. Uh, it's absolutely bombastic live, you know, Paul Stanley shouting, do it, you know, yeah. <laughs> just that one point. It's kind of amping up the energy. Um, but to me, what Deuce is, is, you know, I was, I remember being in high school and discovering Deuce, which means I discovered it almost 20 years, probably after it came out, you know, eight, 15 to 18 years after it was written. And, um, you know, the lyric don't make, the, the lyrics don't make sense. <laughs> you, know, you know, Gene says, you know, your man is working hard. He's worth a deuce. And I was like, what's he talking about? Is he mean like two beers? What, 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 what's the deuce? And it's something I realized you get these people. And I think a lot of people are like this, that music is only about the lyrics. It's only about what it says. It's poetry with musical notes added to it. And it's the lyrics that mean something. And what I realized about myself and from listening to Deuce is that a lot of times the lyrics don't matter. Yep. It's, it can be gibberish. And Gene himself, and, you know, I looked this up last night because I just wanted to be extra, extra sure. Gene said, yeah, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> Gene said, sometimes songs are deep, sometimes they're not, and that's when that's it's not. Right. And um, and it still kills. It absolutely kills. It's a great pump-up song, and it doesn't mean anything. And who cares if it doesn't mean anything? It's about the music, too. It's not just about the words. Uh, I love Deuce. It's my number one. Yeah, Deuce is just one of those songs. I mean, like you said, we talked about it earlier, the live with the curtain falling and, uh, on the reunion to a man. It was pretty awesome. Uh, my number one. To me, the greatest Kiss song of all time, and once again, to hear it on the studio version is one thing, but to see it live, uh, to see the, especially the solo, the guitar solo, and, and to hear Peter, Peter and Paul get a get uh, get singing credits on this, but Peter more than any any of them on this one and uh i actually eric carr did did it when after peter left and eric carr did a great job of it but you know i, I haven't really been a big big peter fan but i'll give him credit he made this song he is just like best he made this song he is and and eric carr did like i said did a great job with it but you always wanted to hear peter sing the song and my number one is black diamond uh it always uh I always ended the first set before the encores on the reunion tour, but to to see Ace when it's kind of slows down, you see Peter, you hear Peter slow it down a little bit, and then Ace goes into that guitar solo. Uh, man, probably the best guitar solo 
I've ever heard. I just love seeing it. And then when he goes down on stage and Gene and Paula over top of him playing their guitar, uh, playing the bass and the guitar, and, and then you see Peter start, the risers start coming up. And even in the reunion tour, you had Ace and Gene and Paul out on the side going up on the uh, going up on their risers. But man, Black Diamond, and and to hear the studio version, I don't I, <clears throat> I don't exactly understand the ending of it with the where it slows down so much, but it gives it kind of a quality to it. Uh, but I never understood it the first time I heard. It. I thought I actually had the cassette tape. I remember I got it as, as a Christmas present, and I was sitting there listening to it. On my, and people are, if you're not our age, you're not going to understand what we're talking about. A Walkman. I was listening to it on my Walkman that I got for Christmas that year too, and I thought the batteries were going dead when it started slowing down. Like I was like, "What the heck is going on here?" But uh, yeah, just like I said, Black Diamond, especially live, uh, greatest Kiss song to me of all time. I really love it every time because Paul slows it down. Of course, Paul does his little stick with the, he gets to play, play his guitar a little bit by himself during the intro. I do remember the Weenie Roast show when they did this. They had done so much pyro that while Paul was playing the intro to this, there's so much pyro, they'd actually caught part of the ceiling on fire. And he kept looking up there and you can actually hear... I don't know if you if you've ever seen the the Winnie roast. You can actually hear near the end. You can hear the fire department coming up and uh, get ready to to come put out that fire. But uh, Black Diamond, my number Did one. Did they start playing Firehouse? Oh, you know what they thought about? They they were talking about. It. <laughs> I think actually Peter started doing the drums for Firehouse when they saw it, but it, they never caught, They never started playing it. But uh, yeah, Black Diamond is my number one. Did you? Is that what you thought I was gonna have? I was. It's not. Um, so I'm, I, don't get me wrong. Though, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna step on what you said because I think you said it really well. Um, Black Diamond is a is is a great song. And I like it too. Um, I thought, and that what that means is neither one of us has strutter on I our know. top ten. I thought that's where you were going. Oh. Um, I, I like Shutter, but I was, you know, it wasn't that. I like the intro to it, the drum intro to it, uh, but it's it's just it's never been one of my favorites. I mean, off that, even off that that Kiss album, there's so many good songs off that that debut album. But Strutter's okay, but I, it's never really been one that I was like, okay, I got to hear Strutter. But uh, it's still right. a great song, though. Still a great song. So, I um. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say neither one of us, neither one of us had Beth. Um, you know, which I thought, you know, from your Smith list, that's probably <laughs> your number one. I told you, I told you, I was not going to go prom song on this list. So, um, neither one of us had the Hard Luck Woman. Um, now that almost neither one of us had. Yeah, you know, if I had the number eleven. I don't know if you want to get into those because I guess we could go all night if we talked about some other ones. If I'd had a number eleven, that probably would have been Love Gun. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. You know, I kept going back and forth between it and you know, like I knew I wanted I want you on there, so it's God of Thunder, Love Gun, and I, I just kind of went with the more iconic song. But you know, I, neither one of us had Love Gun. I guess I'm a little surprised at that. You know. Another thing we did, I don't think either one of us had any Dynasty uh, songs on there. 
no, I'll tell you. I don't think so. I'll tell you a close, a close. If I, if if we'd have fifteen, uh, sure know something would have been up there on my top fifteen. Um, and and okay. Ace, Ace doing two thousand man was was one of my favorites too. But yeah, no elder song. Is that is that you might have been on mine? Oh well, uh, two song, timer yeah. might have been on mine. Um, I really like two timer. Um, I don't hate uh, Heaven's on Fire. Um, you know, if you want to do, a, you know, at least have some that are a few more that aren't aren't makeup songs. Um, you know, I'm, sort of I'm surprised song. we didn't I'm do kind of proud of that. We didn't do a cold gin was not, you know. No, that's a good point too. Yeah, that's a good um, point too. No cold gin. Revenge. She, now, now, yes, she. Now, revenge is one of my favorite albums. You know, that was the to me. And you may disagree with me, but Revenge was the best non-makeup album to me. And I know you you like Lick It Up, uh, but, I mean, Revenge just went back. Hot and Shade went, it, I, I guess, after, let's see, you had Lick It Up, then you had Animal Eyes, and then Asylum, and then after that, you know, they tried to, Kid and I don't have anything against the Crazy Nights album. I like a lot of the songs on there, but Kiss tried to turn into Bon Jovi, and when they did Crazy Nights, they wanted it. They wanted that that hit song. They wanted Crazy Nights was great, a great song, but um, I think Ron Nevison was the producer, uh, and of course they they just wanted that Bon Jovi sound then, and it did didn't really work out like they planned. But then you get the uh, course they did the smashes thrashes and hits with eric car singing beth and then hot in the shade kind of went i've always heard hot in the shade was unfinished demos that they ended up finished from from like different albums and then revenge i can remember you know of course after eric car passed away uh, i can remember headbangers ball they were showing they were they were videoing from the Kiss. Kiss did a club tour, a, a short club tour, uh, before they went out on the road for Revenge. And hearing Unholy for the first time, seeing the video for the first time, and I was like, they are back. I mean, this is like, this is almost like Destroyer was. Uh, they, they had a really big, God gave rock and roll to you. That could have been on my list. That could have been close to being on my list. Um but from Domino to Unholy, uh, Take It Off, God Gave Rock and Roll to You, and I'm going to even throw in the prom song every time I look at you. Uh, they they mm -hmm. had a, the making of a great, that was a great album to me. Bruce Kulik's, I think that was, except for Carnival of Souls, that was his last official album with Kiss. Uh, but, man, I, I love Revenge top to bottom. Have you ever heard Chuck Klosterman talk about Kiss or read anything he says about Kiss? Chuck Klosterman, no. Ah, maybe I'll send you something. Um, Chuck Klosterman's one of my favorite writers, and he's one of those guys who says things I wish I could think of. I wish I was smart, as smart as he is. <laughs> um, he, he loves The Elder, which makes me want to like The Elder, but I just don't like The Elder. <laughs> And he's not crazy about uh, revenge, and he's kind of, 
you know, I like Revenge too. Ultimately, you know, you said I like Lick It Up. I don't really like Lick It Up the album that much. I don't think it's all that great an album, but I do love the title track, obviously. Right. Um, Revenge. Um, you know, but just to, to to put a bow on it, Chuck said, you know, people being like a back to basics Kiss album, and Chuck kind of disagrees with that. He 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 feels like there isn't a Kiss album that sounds like Revenge. It's such a it's such a hard, you know, it's almost kind of a metal album. Yeah. Um, in a lot of places, especially the Gene songs. Um, yeah. he said, you know, other than like God of Thunder, you know, there's not a lot of Kiss songs from the old days that are like the songs on Revenge. Um, and that's something I've kind of thought about. I'm, I'm probably brutalizing his point, uh, and trying to recite him from memory. But, um, anyway, I, I do like that album. Uh, again, I'm not sure it's Kiss-like, but I, I do like that album. Another one we didn't have a song off of was Asylum. Uh, I had some, a couple of Asylum songs. You know, of course, Tears of Fallen was uh, the big hit from that, but uh, Who Wants to Be Lonely was a great song. Uh, All Night, of course, the singles. But talk about some of the bad, bad songs that Kiss has done. And one of them... Uh, from Hot in the Shade is probably the worst, in my opinion, the worst Kiss song they've ever done, Boomerang. I cannot, cannot listen to that song. I'm sorry. I don't know what the, what, what it is about it, but, uh, another one was from Crazy Nights. Uh, No, No, No. I can't do that one either. No, No, No is right. I don't want to do that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but these guys have put out, oh jeez, and and I'm t- and another thing we we noticed too, uh, Monster of Sonic Boom, uh, none of none of those off the nothing off that, nothing off Psycho Circus, which I do have a couple of Psycho Circus songs I like, uh, Psycho Circus I do like that, and I like We Are One, but the whole the whole stigma of that of that album has died for me. When you found out that Ace and Peter didn't play hardly any on that album, I mean, this was supposed to be right. the album where all four members are back again. And I guess if if you feel like they can't hold hold their end of the deal, then yeah, that's okay. But don't lie lie to everybody. I know back in the day, there's a lot of times where uh, people aren't playing. The four original members aren't playing like just like in uh, Dynasty. I don't think Peter Chris played. Hardly any drums on Dynasty, uh, and he sure didn't play on Unmasked. But you know, it's, it, that was supposed to be the one that, like, okay, all four of them back together again to work again. And you almost didn't see hear any songs. I think they were trying to buy, if I heard right, Gene and Paul were trying to to buy Peter and and Ace off of the album to to just let them use their name up there and not even have them on that, which would make no sense at all because you can't do that and not have Ace and Peter singing somewhere on that song. I mean, all that. Right. Album, but it's, yeah. But it's kind of a series of solo songs, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, not a kiss record at all. No. And, and solo albums, you know, of course, I, I, if I'm rating those, Ace is definitely number one to me. I don't know if, how you feel about that, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. 
And Peter, I don't really care about any of the other ones much. Peter is last. I do like some of the right. some of the songs, but Peter's last. And I'll tell you this: it used to be, for me, it used to be Ace, Gene, Paul, and Peter. But uh, P- Paul, because I think Paul's album fits the Kiss genre more than any of them. And I mean, I think all of them had set out to make an album, especially Gene and Peter. That was so different from Kiss that so it would stand out. But Paul Paul did a Kiss album. There's no doubt about it. And uh, but Gene doing When You Wish Upon a Star uh, that was kind of taking it to the extreme there. <laughs> <laughs> right. But man, I can't tell you. You know, we've done like I said, the Steelers top ten. That was tough. This one was tough. But man. Thank you so much for coming on tonight and uh, and doing this. I love talking Kiss music, and uh, you have really. I, I'm sorry I had to let you down. I didn't do any prom songs, but uh, <laughs> there's still more. To well, we still got more top ten lists to come, and I'm sure you'll be you'll be listening. And uh, we'll have to get you back on here again for some more. Maybe we'll do it. You said ACDC. We already did the Aerosmith with Lynn that you pretty much butchered us over, but. <laughs> We'll do an ACDC yeah. one one time. That's definitely not going to be any prom songs on the ACDC one. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine that would be a that would be a dangerous prom. Has ACDC ever done any kind anything close to a ballad? I don't think so. Right on, them, but no, right on to those close as you get. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think you ever see that. The day that happens is the day I think ACDC will lose a lot of fans. Uh, but they'll say they sold out like Metallica. But, yeah, thank you so much for, for being on here tonight, man. I really enjoyed it, as always. And uh, we'll get you back. It was back. a lot of fun, Stevie. Thank you. Yeah, we'll get you back on here again. We'll, we'll come up with something. Uh, I know next week, Lynn, me and Lynn will be doing a rating the Star Wars movies from from favorite to least favorite which is going to be going to be tough Lynn's already I'm sure Lynn's already got his list done I'll wait till the last minute I'm sure but uh yeah man thank you so much and really appreciate it but guys that's John Pritchard on the on on the fly for the top 10 kiss songs of all time <laughs>